0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue our series, ready, set, I just figured you would respond, go, yeah, it's just kind of natural, ready, set, go. In this series, we're exploring what it means to be a community of Jesus followers, a community of believers, a faith community of church, especially here at Holy Savior, where we talk about with God's help, we want to be a people who are growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Growing in Jesus and sharing his love as we gather, grow, and go. I'm listening to sound. Somewhere so there's a thumper. I'm shake my head a little bit, make sure it's not me. Make sure Bob's muted. Okay. Now it's quiet. All right, it's done. Okay, we'll keep going here. Whew. It's like a little, it's kind of annoying. So, ready, set, go. Okay, just make sure you said it again. So, again, we gather, grow, and we go. Well, as we do that, you know, a question for you this morning. The question is this What do you want to be when you grow up? How many of you heard that question when you were little? Maybe how many of you heard that question sometime recently? Yeah, you know, maybe you're like being, you haven't done growing up yet. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we have all kinds of ideas, especially this time of year because it's graduation time and and people are graduating from high school and getting ready to, uh, you know, launch into maybe their dream, you know, studying something, or they're graduating from college and launching into their career. So it's a question we think about. What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, what I wanted to be when I grew up was not a pastor. That that was not on my radar, especially as a kid. As a kid, you know, there's a lot of things I wanted to be. One of those things I wanted to be when I grew up, As I wanted to be an astronaut, because I was watching the reruns of Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie, and I wanted to boldly go where no one had ever gone before. Well, I never became an astronaut. I also, you know, thought about being a police officer. You know, that'd be great to be a police officer. And then as I got into high school, I thought, I'll follow my older brother's footsteps. Out of high school, I'm going to join the Army, and I'm going to become a military police officer, an MP. Do you know what? There's a height requirement for the MPs. I am a half inch too short. <laughs> so I thought, well, I can fly helicopters, right? You know, that'd be great, flying a helicopter. That didn't happen either. And then, you know, like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I was in band, and in band I played the flute. You know, flautist, flutist. And I thought, I'll be first chair. If You know what that means? It means I'd sit in an orchestra, and I would lead as the main flute. Well, that didn't happen either. Right, but what I really wanted to do for most of my childhood, even into high school and and the first couple years of college, is I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be an artist. As an artist, there's a number of career paths you have. One of those is to be an art teacher. You teach kids, young or older or somewhere in between, to have a love and passion for art, at least experience some art. Didn't want to do that. As an artist, you could also be like a graphics artist, a commercial artist. You might work on posters or periodicals, and publications, help promote products and things like that. Didn't want to do that. I wanted to be an artist, you know. I had The idea of like a paintbrush in my hand. I love watercolor painting. And, and, and you know, could color. I want to be like my favorite artist of all time. Maybe he's your favorite artist too, Vincent Van Gogh. Except for no cutting the ear off. Vito Van Gogh's story. Won't go there. But, you know, ultimately, you know, God, you know, stepped into my life. Jesus began shaping my story as I was in high school. And even as I started the first two years of college to become an artist, you know, that I, I idea of what I would be and how I was to live was shaped differently. Now, I'm a pastor. What do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, I think about that question. I think about that question when I think about the guy who wrote the text that we read this morning, this guy named Peter. This guy named Peter, what did he want to be when he grew up? Well, he wanted to be what his dad was and what his dad's dad was and what his dad's dad's was and probably for generations. He wanted to be a fisherman out in the hot you know, days, working hard. I imagine rough hands and a weathered face. He wanted to catch fish. It was a pretty good living, you know, kind of a good middle class, merchant class you know, life. And that's exactly what he did. He was a fisherman. He, you know, caught fish for a living. And so one day, Jesus stepped into his life, and his life was changed. And he starts following along with this guy who's a man from Galilee, who's a rabbi, a teacher, who says and does amazing things. Of course, eventually, this guy, this Jesus, you know, dies and then rises again from the grave and sends his followers to the very far ends of the earth. Now, Jesus has been gone, you know, back, returned, ascended into heaven for about 30 years. And Peter is one of the apostles that's still alive. Eventually, he's going to be martyred for his faith. And he writes this letter to this group of Jesus followers, this community of believers in this area of the world called Asia Minor. Now, if you know geography and history, Asia Minor is in modern-day Turkey. And so this letter that he writes, this First Peter, because there's two letters, First Peter, Second Peter. This letter that he writes is called a circular letter, which means that like, if he was writing it to the churches in Lincoln, he would write it and we would all get a copy or a chance, I would read it, and then we'd pass it on to the next church and they would read it, to the next church and they would read it, and so on and so on and so on. So this whole community of little Jesus, you know, not little Jesus followers, little communities of Jesus followers, get my words right, you know, read this letter. This letter was to encourage them. Because in the time they were living, where they were living at, it wasn't always easy to be a follower of Jesus. They were being harassed. They were being persecuted. They felt out of place as they were called to live as followers of Jesus. Sounds in many ways a lot like what it means to live today in today's culture. Sometimes we feel out of place. Sometimes we might feel harassed, feel like we don't fit in. And I love what Peter is doing here. He's encouraging them, you know, keep following Jesus. Keep living life by his love. And then he encourages them to do this. And are the, these are the words we're going to land on and focus on this morning. Here from 1 Peter three 15. let's read these words together. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared, Peter writes, to give a reason for the hope that you have. To give a reason for the hope that you have and do it with what? Gentleness and respect. Again, I think it speaks to us as followers of Jesus in the 21st century and, and what many of us experience, you know, today, that we are called to give a reason for the hope that we have. And we're called to do this with gentleness and respect. To give a reason for the hope, if we talk about hope. You know, well, that leads us to another question. And the question is this: What is the reason for the hope that you have? Maybe this is the time just to ponder this for a moment. What is the reason for the hope that you have? Of course, you know, you talk about basic hope—the the kind of you know, gospel in a nutshell. John three sixteen: God so loved the world. That 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 key parts that even Peter mentions in this text that we have—that Jesus, the innocent one, came and died once. For all of us. That we know that our sins separate us from God. This is God who created us to be in relationship with him. Our sins separated us from him. And that as our sins separate us from him. You know our our good deeds. Our works. You know how many times we do nice things for someone else. That cannot remove our sins. That it is only Jesus alone who pays the price for our sins. By the life he lived and the life he gave for us on the cross. And that our life with Jesus our life with Jesus is a life we live today and is a life that will live forever in heaven. But what is your story? What is your faith story? What is your reason for the hope that you have? Well, let's take a look at the life of Peter. We'll use Peter as a case study because he's a great example of what it means to be, I think, a Jesus follower. And here's why. Again, Peter was what? A fisherman. So the first encounter, you know, that we have recorded of him and Jesus is that he'd had a day of fishing and caught nothing. You ever go fishing and catch nothing? Yeah, nothing. Of course, this is his livelihood, but not a good day. So he's probably, I imagine, he's, you know, putting his nets back together and he's kind of grumbling. And then in comes Jesus. who has got a crowd of people all around and says, hey, Peter, would you push your boat out a little bit and I'm going to use it as a floating pulpit. And he, you know, gives this great sermon to all the crowds gathered there. And then he tells Peter, you know, push the boat further out to the deep waters and let down your net. And Peter's like, you know, you might be a smart teacher, but I'm a fisherman. I, I, I'm the third, fourth, fifth, I don't know, generation of fishermen. I know what I'm doing. Uh, because you're Jesus, though, and you're, uh, yeah, I'll let down the nets. He of course, catches this marvelous catch of fish. And then Peter, you know, has got to eat his words. And, and, and it also comes to the reality of, oh, um, I realize I'm in the presence of someone different. And suddenly, just like, like everything flashes before him, everything that he's done in his life, all the times that he was maybe harsh or indifferent, the times that he was jealous or spiteful, the times that he let his anger get the best of him, the times that maybe he lusted, the times that greed creeped into his life, and he's ashamed And he said, Jesus, go away from me. I am a sinful man. And, and of course, what does Jesus do? Jesus says, Peter, I want to make you a fisher of men. And Jesus invites Peter into this new life. And so for three years, Jesus, you know, has this crowd of disciples along with him. And one of those, one of the key ones, this inner crowd, is Peter. And Peter, bold, impetuous Peter. I love Peter because he's just a great example of what it means to follow Jesus. Let me give you an example. Here's one of the times that he followed Jesus is when Jesus wanted to get some rest and wanted some quiet time. Did you ever want some quiet, restful time? Jesus wanted some alone time with him and his father. So he said to the disciples, you guys, go to the other side. I'll catch up with you. And they're like, okay. Jesus goes off to pray. They go on the boat. And maybe you know this story from the Gospels. There's a storm, as there often was on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples are terrified, especially because they see this figure, ghostly looking thing walking towards them. And then that figure says, hey guys, it's me, it's Jesus. Peter, bold and impetuous Peter, does what? He's like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to step out in the water. And Jesus is like, go ahead. Peter steps out. Hey, this is great. This is good. He's standing on the water and suddenly doubt creeps in, fear. He begins to sink, begins to panic. Lord, help to save me. I mean, there he was, a powerful moment of being Peter, bold, impetuous, strong faith, and then what happens? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Peter because I think we talk about our own faith life sometimes. You know, we have moments we feel like we shine, and then moments when we doubt and we let fear drive us. Peter, this is Peter. This is a guy, bold, impetuous Peter, who when Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they rattled off a number of ideas. And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Peter, you know, gets kind of a pat on the back for that. And then Jesus goes on to say, now this is what it means to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is God's whole plan from the very beginning. That he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And the third day he's going to rise again. And Peter, bold and Peter, who just moments ago said some marvelous things you know, words of faith, pits his foot in his mouth and says, Lord, that can't be that way. That is not part of the plan that I'm envisioning. And Jesus is like, Satan, get behind me. Ooh, I mean, here's a guy. Just, he did so well. And then in the next moment, foot and mouth, stumbles on his own words. This is Peter. When Jesus is gathered with his disciples in the upper room and They're going to share what we're going to celebrate tonight. We call the Lord's Supper Communion. And Jesus is talking about things that are going to unfold, that one of them is going to betray them, Judas. And and he says to Peter, and you will deny me three times. And Peter's like, hey, no way. I would never deny you. I am the most, you know, strong-willed, faithful guy, Lord. I'm with you to the bitter end. And of course... A short time later, Jesus is arrested in the garden, mock trials going on, and Peter denies Jesus how many times? Three times. And then he and Jesus lock eyes. And just imagine the guilt and the shame that Peter is wrestling with. And with the other disciples, when Jesus... Has been buried in the tomb, and they're hiding behind closed doors. And, and so amazing and so just unbelievable the words that he has risen that Peter still can't wrap his head around that. Then some days later, those guys that fish, they're out on the boat fishing, and they see this guy on the shore, and they realize it's Jesus. And Peter, Peter, bold and petulant Peter, you know, jumps into the water, you know, swims over to meet Jesus. And they eat some fish, and then Jesus spends a little time with Peter. Just like he denied Peter three times, or Jesus denied, wait, I'll get my words right here. Just like Peter denied Jesus three times, whew, Now Jesus is going to restore Peter three times. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And really what Jesus is doing there is, is saying, Peter, I love you. You are still one of those I've called to be a fisher of men. See, I I love Peter's faith story where Jesus steps into Peter's life because Jesus steps into his life and and Peter's life changes. I I love Peter's story because Peter's story is not a story of, hey, I followed Jesus and everything was glorious and wonderful from then on. Never once did I doubt, struggle, or fail. And we talk about our own faith story, your faith story, my faith story. Your faith story is not Peter's faith story. Your faith story is not my faith story. Your faith story is not their faith story, and your faith story is not their faith story. Your faith story is your faith story. It's your life story where Jesus stepped into your life. And for some of you, Jesus stepped into your life, and you've known Jesus since you were little. He's always been a part of your life. For some of you, Jesus stepped into your life later on. For myself, it was, you know, middle school into high school. For some, you, you've been always a part of church. For some, you started out and wandered away and came back. Your faith story is your faith story. But with this gets us back to this question. What is the reason for the hope that you have? I mean, again, ultimately our hope is, yes, that Jesus died and rose again. And so we know we have sins forgiven. We know Jesus is with us always. And we know that we're going to be with him in heaven someday forever. There's a new heaven, a new earth. It's going to be great. But what is your faith story? Just like Peter's, the ups and downs, the moments maybe you shined as a follower of Jesus, the moments you stumbled, the moments you doubted and wondered, God, are you here? Because last week, if you recall last week, you know, we read through the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, and we talked about one of the ways we can use to talk with people about the hope that we have is three A's. Let's do a quick quiz. Do you remember the three A's? Oh, you're, you're a little hesitant. I'll give you a little, a little help here. Ask, admire, admit. Yeah, ask questions, like just simple questions, like Jesus, the woman of the well. could I have a drink of water? And that, that, that question, that, that question of just humble curiosity enabled a conversation to start. And then admire. Admire means that, you know, I can see myself, put myself on kind of a level playing field with everyone else. But I see myself as a human being in need of Jesus just like everyone else does. It kind of is the words that Peter wrote to those early followers of Jesus, that we do this with respect, kindness. And then ultimately, we want to admit. We want to admit the reason for the hope that we have. And while I could type something up and give you some nice little elevator speech that you could use and just insert your name and your certain dates or something here, that's not what's best. What's best is that you take some time to deeply think about your faith story. And, you know, what I encourage you to do is that you take some time this week and do this. You could, you could grab a journal, and maybe some of you journal. I don't journal very much. But, you know, you grab a piece of paper and pen if you like it that way. You know, if you're more techy and you want to get on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, you know, type this up. Whether you like it orderly and you want to think, I'm going to start with this date, I'm going to work my way through. Or whether you're just going to sit and ponder and say, ooh, I remember when. And there's a remember ones, that might me. I remember one time that, that Jesus, I really felt his presence when I was hurting and struggling. Or maybe you say, I remember a time when I really struggled because I felt like I was all alone and I wondered where God was at. Or a time you say, this is a time that my, the faith community really surrounded me and I felt that I was supported. Or a time, maybe you say, this is a time I felt so alone, where my brothers and sisters of Christ just didn't seem connected. To be real about our faith story, because our faith story is like Peter's story. It's not all glorious. It's not all perfect. Some of the TV preachers that we might hear and see on TV, I mean, sometimes they like to have this dramatic, this was the life before Jesus, and then I met Jesus, and then everything's been great, great and glorious and wonderful and perfect since then. I don't know about you, but I have good days and bad days. I have moments when Jesus and I are really working well together, and, and there are times when Jesus is working really well, but I'm doing my own thing, just like Peter, just like the rest of the disciples. And so we think about your faith story. Take time to jot it all down, to give some thought and, and reflect on that. One reason is because then when you ask someone a question and you admire and you're building this relationship and you kind of are on the same playing field as they are and needing Jesus— and if they talk about something in their life, they're talking about doubts or fears or frustrations or questions, you might say, you know what? I have a part of my life I can also speak into that. I can share that I, too, have had times when I doubted. I can say, you know, as a Christian, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. I had times that I wandered maybe for several years and I struggled. And yet I still know that Jesus loves me. Your faith story. How has Jesus shaped your life? You know, if we're going to grow in Jesus and share his love then growing in Jesus experience, of love means that we're going to spend some time deeply reflecting on what it really means to be loved by the God of the universe. What it means for those moments that we really felt close to him and the times we felt distant, the times we felt loved, the times we doubted and struggled, the times we sinned, and the times we lived and relished in his grace. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do over this next week, and, and really you can spend the entire month and the entire summer just reflecting on this. The first is to set a time. And give yourself two minutes to write down your faith story. Just spend some time again whether you're going to click away on a device or get pen and paper and do this. The other is focus on the really important standout moments and events in your life. Whatever those are. I mean, those might be some certain faith celebrations like confirmation, baptism kind of things. There might be moments when, again, were really great moments in your life or not so great moments in your life. But really those moments that really say my faith was a part of my journey. And then ultimately is you got to answer this question here. How did the gospel affect those? How did Jesus affect this part of my life? Where did Jesus step in? To be honest. Because as we're honest both with our joys and our struggles, our celebrations and our frustrations, our real living faith, then as we ask and we admire, we have the opportunity to admit the reason for the hope that we have. The reason for the hope that you have. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have hope because of you. We thank you that you came. You are the innocent one that gave his life for the world, for us. That, Lord, in giving your life for us, we know we are forgiven and loved. And, Lord, like Peter, sometimes we doubt and we struggle. Sometimes we are great and good and sometimes, Lord, we're not. We thank you, like Peter, you continually restore us in your grace. Holy Spirit, help us to think deeply and reflect deeply and to be bold in asking questions and the opportunity that we might have, Lord, to admit the reason for the hope that we have. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. and Until next time, God bless.